Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant, and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Later, we'll talk about how Martin Luther King Jr. Day is being marked in Lexington and why many believe that Dr. King's message is as important now as it was more than 50 years ago. But first, Democratic candidate for governor Adam Edlin is here. He announced earlier this month that he's seeking the state's highest office with Louisville businessman Gil Holland as his running mate. Edlin served a term as state auditor before losing his bid for re-election in 2015. He held other posts in state government and in the private sector before that, and he's been in the private sector since. Edlin enters a race where two other Democratic candidates are running hard. Attorney General Andy Bashir and House Minority Leader Rocky Adkins are both raising money fast. What does Edlin want to do if he gets a chance to lead Kentucky? The state's $40 billion unfunded pension liability has dominated the conversation and a lot of decisions in Frankfurt in recent years. And the deadly opioid crisis is taking a tough toll on the Commonwealth. Adam Edlin, Democratic candidate for governor, joining us today, and thanks for coming. Good Appreciate to be it. here, Bill. Thanks. We've talked in uh, many other capacities we over have. the years. I think you and I were reminiscing an interview to probably the mid-90s when you were That's working right. in a campaign. That's exactly right. And good to be back. Good to see you. You were uh, defeated in 2015. You run for a second term as auditor. Uh, what have you been doing since then? And what then led you to this decision to run for governor? Well, I've, I've been in the private sector helping expansion stage and startup companies uh, develop and grow jobs right here in Kentucky. The most notable thing I've been involved with is a massive solar project a few miles outside of Pikeville where we're going to, on a thousand acre uh, mountaintop removal site, put on about five or six hundred thousand solar panels, use out of work coal miners to do it. And in doing so, demonstrate that uh, Kentuckians can fashion the future rather than be victims of it. And it is still possible to create win-wins and get beyond uh, false differences, whether they be party or cultural or, or economic divides. We can bring people together to do big, important things. And when we make the announcement of this project here within the next couple of weeks, it'll get national and even international attention because it is a living, breathing monument that will be visible from space, Bill, that Kentuckians can do big, important things things and can, uh, can seize the opportunities of the future rather than just be run over by them. Ironic that it's happening in a string of very cloudy days. It is, and what's incredible <laughs> is that solar works everywhere in Kentucky, and we and to build a modern economy, and that's the focus of why I want to be governor, is that we have to build a modern Kentucky. You have to have at least some renewable energy offering, and we're going to do that. You had said back in the summer that uh, your business career would, uh, would have to uh, dictate what you were able to do in in 2019 and whether you would run for That's governor. Right. Why did you ultimately decide uh, that you could at least put your business at, uh, at arm's length and, and move forward with this campaign? Well, because we, th this project has been a major focus of mine and the fact that it's uh, come to fruition and that we have the deal is, is very important. Uh, and secondly, that experience in business has taught me that the, today's political leaders are chasing yesterday's economy. And because they're going the wrong direction, and this is a bipartisan wrong direction, I mean, we're, we are shortchanging education, we are uh, eliminating workplace and environmental uh, protections, we're uh, making sure that fewer people have health care, and that is not a prescription for modern economic development. So what we need is someone who has experience in both government and the private sector, but beyond that, 
has a great record of getting big, important things done and bringing people to do it because we've got uh, too many politicians in Frankfurt who just don't know what the modern economy looks like and have no idea how to work with people who may disagree with them. And Bill, my approach has always been, and I think it's been at the foundation of our success, you don't have to agree on everything to work together on something. And when we can find those issues of commonality, whether it be me uncovering the rape kit uh, crisis and making sure that we had a solution to make sure that every one of those kits has been tested, whether it was working with Jamie Comer to eliminate corruption in the Department of Agriculture, whether it's the important work uh, that now I'm doing in, in renewable energy and expanding businesses, uh, you got to get beyond those small things and work on uh, the call of history. And we have an opportunity here in Kentucky to make Kentucky relevant to the opportunities of the modern economy, but it's going to take new leadership. As you look at the issue set confronting Kentucky in 2019, Governor Matt Bevin calls the pension situation a crisis. He says that the system is broken and that the state uh, will run out of money to send out the retirement checks at some point unless something is done. Do you arrive at that same conclusion? Well, it's, it's a big problem, but we have to be strategic about how we address it. We have gotten into this mess because we missed something like 16 of 21 years of annual payments into the fund. And plainly, we didn't have, uh, I think, the right people uh, governing that board and managing the investments that were made. I think it's pretty clear that we have been taken advantage of by Wall Street and paying exorbitant fees uh, and things that ended up not being to the best interest of the people who depend upon uh, that pension, the people to whom we made a promise. So we've got to do two things. We have got to commit ourselves to making the payment into that system so it can remain solvent. But we also need to ferret out precisely what went wrong. And I'm a big believer in studying history because of the lessons that history teaches us. And I think this lawsuit that has been filed on behalf of uh, the pensioners to figure out exactly what went wrong in Wall Street and was there any malfeasance at the state level is critically important to us being able to prevent making those mistakes again. So you oppose structural changes to the way uh, the system operates? Well, I, I think we made significant reform in 08 and then again in 13. I think those need time to work. Um, but moving people into some sort of 401k program where everybody acknowledges that it's going to take, it will be more expensive and provide no savings up front just seems the wrong thing to do to me. You've talked about the modern economy. In fact, in your announcement, you talked about modernizing Kentucky. First of all, what exactly does modernizing Kentucky mean? What modernizing Kentucky means is getting our act together so we can be relevant to the opportunities that are being presented in the 21st century. Everything is changing. We are living in a time of unprecedented change in terms of economy, technology, even culture. And we're chasing the economy of yesterday. We're using state tax incentives to pursue jobs that, uh, that don't pay a living wage and don't come with benefits. We are trying to market Kentucky as a place where um, our, our our economic development pitch today is essentially um, we've shortchanged education so you don't have to pay our people much. We've, we've eliminated workplace and environmental safeguards so you can come in and uh, not worry about how your business is run. And that may have been attractive to industrialists from like the 1980s, but it is an affront to the people who uh, hold the keys to prosperity in the modern economy. They want a state that invests in education, that has workers who are ready not just for the jobs we have now, but the ones that will present themselves in 12, 24, 48 months. They want to know that we value health care. They want to know that we're serious about, uh, about workforce development. And they want to know that we've got a commitment to sustainability. 
we aren't pursuing any of those things right now. We are driving a low-skill, low-wage economy to the detriment of our workers. Major tax reform has eluded the legislature. Uh, you were a college student working for mm -hmm. Paul Patton when he used to bring that up when he was governor uh, a quarter of a century ago, close to it. Uh, they extended the sales tax to some services last year. Uh, is tax reform an area that, uh, that you think needs more emphasis? It absolutely needs emphasis, and I think one of the best examples of how badly Kentucky State government has failed our people was uh, with the tax, their, their vision of tax reform. And let me be clear, tax reform is not taking the burden off of the wealthy and putting it on the backs of people who work for a living, which is precisely what we did. We clearly need to modernize our tax structure. We have a system that manages a double feet to the detriment of our people. It both fails to deliver uh, to meet the needs of the Treasury, and it does hamper business growth. Um, what we need is real, uh, real uh, reform of our tax system, but we've got to attach it to deliverables. One of the things that I think uh, governors have missed the boat on for some time now is the people of Kentucky are willing to make investments, but they want to know precisely what those investments are going to go to. When you go to the people and say, well, we're going to reform taxes, and some of you are going to pay more, and some of you are going to pay less, and it's just going to come to the general fund and trust us to make the best use of those dollars, there's no, re there's no surprise that the people of Kentucky have spit the bit. We need to connect uh, new revenue directly to new investment and tell people of Kentucky what it's going to go to fund. Some mention alternative revenue sources as being a, a one way to go or at least an option to consider. Sources such as casinos or recreational marijuana. Where are you on that? So I support expanded gaming and have for a long time, but let's make sure that the people are clear. This isn't a new idea. Um, it's a no-brainer to me. It's something we ought to do, but it's not a new idea. Um, I certainly support the expansion of the right of people who are critically and chronically ill to use uh, medical marijuana. Uh, my friend Rex Chapman really turned my heart on this. He said you cannot seriously fight opioids, uh, the opioid crisis in Kentucky, without community-based treatment and without uh, permitting the use of medical marijuana. So I, I support both of those. I do think they will help the economy in turn, but I think they will have a real impact on our ability to modernize the state and make it more compassionate. You stopped short on recreational marijuana. Well, I want to make sure we get it right. Um, you know, I think eventually uh, most people agree that we'll probably have some standard of at least decriminalized marijuana use uh, nationwide. Um, I think it's important to be strategic. I think it's important to walk before you run. And while I trust Kentuckians and certainly don't think we ought to be filling up the jails with, uh, you know, with your recreational pot user, I also want to make sure that we understand how this is going to affect our culture. And it's not something where I want dispensaries on Main Street, Kentucky. All right. I want to talk to you about uh, uh, the opioid crisis, uh, education, and your running mate. We're coming right. back in just a moment with Adam Edlund, candidate for governor on the Democratic ticket. And we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers, and we're visiting this morning with Adam Edland, a Democratic candidate for governor. And again, uh, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Uh, where do you stand on uh, uh, charter schools and potentially funding them by letting tax dollars follow a student uh, to the charters or to wherever they would go for their education, which is uh, one proposal uh, that is supported by the current education commissioner? And, he, and I think he's wrong. Uh, diverting resources from an already underfunded school system to charters, particularly out of state corporate owned charters is a really bad idea. 
and you know, as state auditor, I was hyper focused on making sure that the the taxes that we do invest in our school system run solely for the benefit of the kids in the classroom, those that instruct them, and the taxpayers who pay the bill. We've got to get these dollars into the classroom where where they have real impact, and we need to be making investments in innovation, whether it be technology, whether it be considering how to reform the senior year of high school so it's a better pathway into second into uh, college or community-based education is critically important. But I'm not for diverting resources away from our public schools. Kentucky's public colleges and universities, higher education, started seeing cuts in 2008 or so during the recession. Those have continued. Uh, programs and personnel have been cut at uh, most of the universities. Uh, studies indicate, though, one of the best predictors of higher incomes is education is edu- level. college degrees, right. It, uh, are, are we biting the hand that, uh, that could feed state government? I think that's a charitable description, Bill. What we're doing is even worse than that. Um, we are shortchanging higher education. We are one of just a handful of states out of all 50 that have failed to return uh, higher education to pre-recession spending. And, the, and as a result, uh, we are pricing the middle and working classes out of being able to, to get a college degree. That's not only immoral, that is an economic suicide note. And when I talk about chasing yesterday's economy, uh, underfunding education is at the key of that. And, and we've got to change our whole conversation around education. The fact that our education debate in Kentucky for the last two years has been dominated by pensions. Um, keeping our promise to educators is not the best we can do, it's the least we can do. And just making sure they have that doesn't change the fact that every educator I know spends money out of their pocket buying materials for our kids. Uh, we've got to change the game. We need additional investment in education, and we need to expect better from our educational institutions in, in terms of making sure that these opportunities are available to uh, middle and working class students. The opioid crisis is profound. We know that. Uh, literally more than 1,500 overdose deaths the last few years running. Uh, how do we get a handle on that? Well, we've got to change the conversation and make it uh, results focused. And one of my big frustrations is that Frankfurt politicians grunt congratulations to each other for, um, uh, for fighting a war on opioids when we don't have enough beds. Um, you really want to fight the opioid crisis, we have to have community-based treatment available for our addicts, and they need to have the option of getting that treatment in the communities they live in. Uh, In addition to that, we've got to have medical marijuana as an alternative to opioid use, but we need a strategy that brings a lot of people together. I'm talking Republicans and Democrats, faith institutions, uh, for-profit, not-for-profit, all sorts of institutions and organizations and people who want to help coming together in common purpose to make sure that our people get the treatment they need. Many local governments have tried to do that. Uh, and uh, and it's not they, worked. And they find they don't have the funding That's to, exactly to follow right. up. That's exactly right. And so we need a governor that will lead from the front, who understands that uh, we can't be seriously claiming to fight to fighting a war on opioid addiction if you're not taking good care of addicts and if you're not providing them the alternative that medical marijuana offers. What can you tell us about your running mate, Gil Holland? Well, Gil Holland is a game changer. This is a fellow who has a great record of bringing diverse sets of neighbors together to bring opportunity to the forgotten places. So I've, I've been familiar to Frankfurt, worked with a lot of people. It's clear to me that a lieutenant governor needs to have a job 
Gil Holland's job will be to lead the revitalization of main streets in Kentucky, and he's done it in a couple of communities in a big way in Louisville and New Lou and in Portland. He has great experience in bringing people together. He is an absolute star of a businessman. He's been involved in a whole host of areas. Louisvillean of the year just a few years back. Um, what he has done in New Lou and Portland, he will do for Main Street, Kentucky. And I want that to be an enduring legacy of my administration. Um, a big important piece of modern economic development is creating communities where people want to live. And to be able to do that, we need to give folks the opportunity to revitalize their main streets. And you and I both grew up in smaller towns and can remember when there was prosperity on Main Street, Kentucky. We can bring that back. There is a go local initiative. There are people who are committed to wanting to be able to do this sort of thing. They just need a little leadership and help. And Gil Holland is exactly the right person to provide that opportunity. Is it awkward for you to be running against Andy Bashir, uh, whose father, Steve Bashir, appointed you to key positions and who was uh, very supportive in your sure. statewide victory in right. 2011? It's not awkward because I have no sense of entitlement. You know, I wasn't born on third base, Bill, and I've, uh, I'm not offended by other people's ambition. Uh, what I believe is that we need to have a robust, issues-based Democratic primary that's focused on ideas that reflect the future rather than nostalgia uh, or a look back to where we were. Um, I, I, Andy's a friend of mine. I hope that doesn't change. I don't expect that it will. But we need to have a very aggressive, robust debate in Kentucky about the future. Andy Bashir has called for all candidates to release their income taxes, and he has done that. Sure. Is that something you plan to do? Absolutely. Always have. And uh, how do you get from here to the nomination? Well, uh, you know, of the, of the three uh, known candidates at this time, and there are four total candidates, mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, Jeff Young as well, a candidate, uh, along with uh, Rocky Adkins, the House uh, Minority Leader, Attorney General Bashir and, and yourself, and we'll see if there is somebody else before we get there. Uh, but you may have less name identification sure. than the others. Well, and I think that's a value. Um, I think it's. I think what people are looking for is a candidate who has an agenda that re reflects the future that includes them, who has a record of getting things done. And I think I check all those boxes. But beyond that, I think campaigns are won by uh, candidates who have the clearest vision for the future and the best ability to help sell that vision. And I'll put my uh, my work ethic and my uh, my vision for Kentucky up against anybody in any party, and I'm confident of the outcome. Adam Edelin, thanks for coming. We thanks appreciate for having it. me. Stay with us now. We'll have a preview of Martin Luther King Jr. Day in Lexington, how that will be marked, coming up on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers, and we're glad you're with us. This Monday, America will mark Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a federal holiday. Many say the message of equality, diversity, and inclusion is as relevant today as it was more than 50 years ago. Lexington will mark MLK Day in several ways, including a Freedom March and a Day of Service. There's some other events going on. We're going to find out about that. Joining us now, Lexington Councilman James Brown. He represents the 1st District, and Carl Nathy from the University of Kentucky. They'll talk about the importance of this holiday and some of the local happenings. And gentlemen, we really do appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having us, Bill. Thank Cal you. Council, why is it important that we remember and celebrate the things that, that Dr. King stood for? I think it's important as a community as we move forward in today's climate and, and social change that we remember the message of inclusion, of uh, uh, taking the initiative to be the change yourself that Dr. King uh, preached and, and, and taught us about 
as we move forward. Do you fear that young people uh, don't know exactly uh, uh, much about the civil rights movement and don't know about the, the struggles and, and where things are now and how we got here? I think it's, you know, I think a lot of them know, but I think a lot of them really don't know the challenges that, that um, some of our uh, uh, forefathers faced in, in the civil rights era. And I think, uh, you know, we constantly tell them about the great figures and, and the, the trials and tribulations, but I think the more that we can work to embed the message, uh, the plight, and how far we've come and how far we still need to go in those young people, the better off we're going to be as a as a community and as a society. How have things changed even since you grew up in Lexington? And you and and you're young enough. You went to to the to the new Paul Ernst Dunbar High School, right? Yes, sir. As, yeah, yeah and, I did. And and do people remember and know that there was an original uh, Dunbar High School? And yeah, they yeah they do. But um, uh, you know, sometimes I think the connection between the old Dunbar and the new Dunbar, uh, uh, you know, gets missed on. On, on why that uh, high school existed and, and the history of it. I know recently um, um, our city government partnered with LexArts on an art uh, project that worked to bridge that gap between um, the, the new Dunbar and the old Dunbar. It was a Windows mural project. If you ride by the, the high school now, the old high school, you can see it. But, you know, there was a collaboration between graduating classes of the old Dunbar and uh, current students of the new Dunbar. So, you know, those, those um, connections, those relationships, we constantly have to, to build that bridge and work to strengthen those. And you're encouraged that things have, have continued to progress. Yes, sir. I, I think so. Um, you know, one of the things I shared um, with the, the planning committee is, uh, you know, the path that we walk, uh, the march that's going to take place on Monday. When we walked that path um, um, last year, the courthouse, uh, the cheap side area next to the new renovated courthouse is going to be different. And I think, you know, the, the relocation of the Confederate statues that was once there and the fact that they're not going to be there, I think it's going to help. I think it's one of the things that's helping to bridge, bridge our community and helping us to move forward. Uh, in this city. Because people here have lived a little history recently in, yes, in, the, in the removal of those. Carl, the University of Kentucky is a place where uh, ideas are exchanged and learning is championed. Uh, what is uh, the important uh, discussion that is, uh, that is on campus about diversity and inclusion that, that is going on every day? Well, I've been, I'm in my 30th year at the University of Kentucky, Bill, and I can tell you it's a much more diverse campus now than it was back in the fall of 1989 when I started at UK. And I think diversity and inclusion at UK are more than just buzzwords. I think you're seeing day by day, week by week, year by year, under the leadership of Dr. Eli Capaluto, I think you're seeing that message carried out to reality. And I think we're listening to one another a lot more. And I think there's still a lot of work to be done. I don't think the work's ever going to be finished. But I think it's a... It's a a strong message of University of Kentucky in terms of its representation from students all around Kentucky from every different kind of socioeconomic or racial background or from international students. It's a broad and diverse place. On Monday, a lot of events will be going on in Lexington to uh, commemorate Martin Luther King Day. Tell us about those. Well, the first one is the Freedom March, and the lineup for that starts at 9 in the morning outside of Heritage Hall or in the corridor of Heritage Hall. And there's construction there, so we'd urge people to get there early. The march itself starts at 10. It'll go up Vine Street, all the way up, and then down Rose, 
briefly and back on Maine. A little over a mile walk, and it's a time for people of all backgrounds to come together and to people people have their own thoughts on Martin Luther King Day, and that's fine. Just come out and and be what you want to be, but participate and uh, remember that this great man who did a lot, but also his legacy and what his dream was all about. Back inside at 11 in the morning, within Heritage Hall, we'll have a special program, commemorative program. The actor Daniel Beatty is the featured speaker, and he is an actor and he's an author, so he's going to put some drama, some poetry to this. It's going to be more than a keynote speech. It'll be pretty interactive. 12.30, right after the program, there's a community resource fair, and then at 2.30 in the afternoon at the Kentucky Theater, free showing of the movie Loving, and that's presented by One World Films. So a lot going on, and, and, and the weather we know is going to be a potentially an issue. It would be very cold for that March, uh, but uh, dress warmly, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. <yeah. laughs> dress warmly. I think we're going to have a great crowd in spite of whatever the weather might be. Yeah. Uh, Carl made a, a, an interesting point. Uh, be who you are on that day and, 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 and take this experience in in the way that you will. Uh, and uh, as, you, as you think about that, uh, I know you would encourage people to, not go through the motions, but mm-hmm. on that day to, to, to give this some real thought about uh, uh, who we are and where we are. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that is an excellent point. I know uh, in the past, last year I, I dressed warm, I, I walked <laughs> to the front and carried the, carried the banner, but in years past I remember walking in the march and as I sped up or as I slowed down, I, my, I had conversations with a variety of different people that participated in the events for a variety of different reasons, but you know, building those relationships, having those conversations is what this celebration is all about. And, and, and come out and, and meet new people, have conversations, and, and, and talk to the folks that, uh, that you meet about why you're there and what this means to, to you, your family, and this community. Carl talked about the university. Do you feel the community as a whole, and you serve on the city council and have for, uh, you're in your fifth year now, uh, do you feel the city uh, is fortunate in having the diversity it has and the, and the uh, ability to, uh, to talk through issues? Yes, sir. I, I think we I think we do. Uh, since I've been on council, you know, it's been some pretty uh, monumental things uh, take place as far as uh, as as far as working uh, to build inclusion. I know the city under Mayor Gray hired the first um, uh, diversity officer under the city, um, and then the the conversations and the process that we went through when we talked about the Confederate statues was something that actually you know council acted and, 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 and reacted to what we heard from the constituents that we serve. So I think city government is, 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 is including folks in these conversations. I think we're having the tough conversations and I think we're working through them. And, and this event is, you know, is, is a great collaboration between the university and the city uh, to, to help um, uh, you know, have these conversations and, and, and bridge these gaps that we have. Gentlemen, thank you. The big events are Monday, tomorrow, as this program is airing on Sunday. We appreciate you coming. And that's Kentucky Newsmakers. We will see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning, and we thank you for joining us. Make it a good week ahead.